Welcome. We are the Projectile Lunchcast, a group of friends with a combined professional video games industry experience of over 20 years. More importantly, we have collectively been discussing video games for close to a century, including during most of our lunch breaks. People forced to witness these arguments kept telling us to just get a room and make a podcast. So that's what we did. We don't think they had any idea what they were bargaining for, yet here we are. And we couldn't be more excited to have you, dear listener, join us on this adventure. episode 25 already. Uh, my name is Marcel. Uh, I'll have the honor of being your host today and also hosting these fine, fine podcasting gentlemen right next to me, Richard ah. and Basti. Hi, hi. And uh, today we're going to talk about, well, you hear about that in a second, because before we do that, we have something to get out of the way by now. Um, it's a tradition. <laughs> well, this week it feels like something we have to get out of the way. Every day we, we honor a game released in the past on the day that this episode releases, so December 19th. Um, it's a little bit slimmer pickings, especially for myself, because, yeah. you know, I was only born in 20, 2002 or something. Older games do not resonate. Yeah, older games, I don't know. Um, so I can offer you Woodcutter Simulator 2013. Close. You said, you, this day you said a history. game close to that. Uh, Cut the Rope 2, which I personally quite like because Omnom is super adorable. Don't what? No, what? That's Omnom not the one. Omnom is the green, is the green the thing from Cut the Rope, the popular the ro- mobile game. Ro- Have okay. you never played Cut the Rope? Is it? It's a fantastic puzzle. With, with Woodcutter Simulator, I wonder, is it a simulation of a woodcutter company? So you do like have a like a proper sawmill no, and no, machines or whatever? It's just like yeah, weird you just physics. It's like yeah. farm simulator, only cutting woods yeah. instead of wheat or whatever. You're, you're, you are a saw. You have to go back and forth. Okay, maybe this one is more relevant to your uh-huh. church. Uh, 1986, Kid Icarus. I like Kid Icarus. Nice. That was an amazing game. I thought it like was for Nintendo DS or something. Uh, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, uh, they, 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 yeah, he debuted in Smash, and then they put him in DS. Ugh, I can't even do it. I can't even do it right. You had one that I, you had a game in there that I actually really liked. Uh, yes, let me see what it was. Uh, December 1997. Harvest Moon GB on the Game Boy. Yeah, okay, no. I mean, I like Harvest Moon. I don't know if I like Harvest Moon on the Game Boy. I never had a Game Boy in my life. Did you? I had a DS for a while. Did uh, you have like an OG? I had the original one, yeah. Lucky thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, graphics. no, I did not. I did not have a Game, a game Boy. I had a Game Gear. It weighed, it weighed 47 pounds. That's... 10 minutes battery life. And it was it was packed. Were those, were those the best 10 minutes of your youth? <laughs> no. Oh. Come on, the visuals, the no. graphics. That, it, was, it was in color, and that's what that was, was, that was the thing. Those games were bad. That Sonic is bad. Worse than most Sonics. Jurassic Park was I think, right. I, I remember three games on the Game the, Gear. It the was, graphics and the visuals? Yeah. Did you also like how the game looked? The Jurassic Park on Game Gear? Yes. I, I, remember, I, I remember Sonic. I remember Ren and Stimpy also being terrible. And Mortal Kombat, which was super bad. That was never a shining force for Game Gear, right? The the cool thing about the Game Gear was that if you were ever stuck in like an earthquake or you needed a flotation device, like you could you could use it as shelter. Um, you could you could rent it out. And how you use something that according to you weighs forty seven pounds as a flotation the device? That, the that thing was gigantic. I imagine like like ballast, like ship's ballast. You know, that's all weighted. Physics, basic physics, Marcel. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. So, um, Richard, would you like to introduce today's topic to the, I would have to assume at this point, desperately curious audience? So desperate, so curious. So audience. Oh, I, I'm not, I, I don't know. We, we'll do the topic. We got an email this week. Okay. We got an email from... There's too much pressure for me. I'm out. You couldn't even drum roll. You did like an air drum roll on a podcast. Yeah. Oh, that was supposed to be a drum roll. Yes. yes. It looked to me like it was doing like like a driving wheel. I thought like, where's he? Like, are you are you uh, like Richard's currently driving this thing? Just driving off the cliff. I thought he was Which, having a seizure at first. Honest, yeah. Look, that was my best Phil Collins like, impression, right? Just in the air. Yeah. Drum rolling in the air tonight. Get out. All right, we got an email. Oh lord. We got we got an email from Kevin, friend of the podcast. Kevin, thank you. Kevin. Hi, Kevin. Kevin says, "Hope you're doing well." That's just to me. You guys can fuck off. Uh, 
I, I'm going to read this just as I, sorry, it's on my phone. It's really tiny. I just want to hear your thoughts on Star Citizen from your experience in the industry. Knowing how Chris Roberts worked on his last projects, now he has no producer above him to get him to finish the game. Do you think we will be able to one day play the final game that was set to initially release in 2015? Or does all of this smell more like potential vaporware to you? Ooh, that would also make, it make, make up for a great topic for a podcast, right? What, vaporware? In theory. Yeah, also vaporware. Welcome to our new vaping podcast. Are you both proud members of the Vape Nation? Planet of the Vapes. I think you had something something else for, for today, but why not talk about Star Citizen, Kickstarters, and all this kind of like stuff, right? Darth Vapor. Okay, Richard. I think oh, sorry. Okay, yeah, I got it. Yeah, I got it. Okay. It's fine. Let's go back to Kickstarter. No, Let's yeah, go back that, to Chris Roberts. That, that, that question was great. Um, again, thanks, Kevin. And it actually, it, we, we talked about it so much that we decided to just spend some time today talking about uh, crowdfunding in general. Uh, so we, we looked up some, some basics. Fasten your seatbelts. We looked, we looked up some basics, and we'll get into to Kickstarter and, uh, and, and Fig and some other fun projects. But uh, let's start with the, with the Star Citizen thing. So I think uh, full disclosure would be, would be kind of in order. Uh, all three of us have, have worked at Crytek, so we know some of the dudes what are working on Star Citizen. Yeah. Um, we don't know any fucking Star Citizen inside secrets. I, I, at least I don't. Nope. Um, I've also worked with those people occasionally at the start. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. And we, yeah. Engine license. I, I think I think you might be able to find us on Twitch doing like a, like an extra life for Star Citizen. Also, I think none of us has actually backed up Star Citizen, right? No. Okay. I think it's also important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. oh yeah, yeah, because we, yeah, we didn't do it. So I've backed a lot of shit. Uh, also backed a few games. The best yeah? thing I've ever backed was uh, open world Star Wars RPG. That's well, the name. Yes. Untitled the, Goose Star Wars that RPG. That was the name of the of the Kickstarter pitch. As you can imagine, it didn't take very long for the lawyers to find them. And you just backed it though? Very quickly, yes. <laughs> I was like, holy shit, I want to have this in my Kickstarter history. I gotta be quick before like the the, the, the Lucasfilm ninja. Okay. All right. Perfect. Okay, so so Marcel did did the Google foo on Star Citizen. Thank you for this. Um, it made two point one million on Kickstarter. Yep. Which is like an interesting thing. Like you you frequently see people yeah. mention, oh, yeah, look at all the money they made on Kickstarter, which is not true. Like they right. made obviously a ridiculous and probably enough to buy several small countries by now. Uh, yeah. In crowdfunding, but not on Kickstarter. Like their initial Kickstarter campaign, I think it was September or something, twenty twelve. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it was around like million. Like even by then, it, it was one of the bigger ones, but it, it was not the most funded one by yes. then, even I think. So you know, it, it was. It might have been the most funded video back game. Then, no, I don't know. No, even, that. even back then. Uh, yeah, uh, I think you know, it, it was only afterwards where it got a little bit ridiculous, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Also, like, well, but still up to date, people saying like, "Oh, the most successful uh, kickstarted game." So, which is, in theory, if you include the crowdfunding campaign, yes, but... It's one of these things where, you know, like, it's become, like, like for some people, I think the terms kickstart or kickstarter and crowdfunding are interchangeable. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, how sometimes certain brands are, like, you you want a paper towel, like, in Germany, somebody would just say, give me a tempo. Yeah. You know, even though that's just a specific brand that's just so interchangeable for a lot of people. So, yeah, it's that thing, yes. The kickstarter was not that huge. Right. And, and, I mean, it's important that you say that because, because yeah, like 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 we have, it's two hundred fifty six million in in total Holy crowdfunding. Shit. Right? That's, a, that's a lot of dunk. Um, but uh, like even people, we 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 can, we're running into people even in the industry that are like, oh, well, look, if Star Citizen can raise two hundred fifty million on Kickstarter, I you know we could throw together a project that's easily going to hit you know a few million, and it's like that is that is probably not the Memories. case. And you should probably, huh? Yeah. <laughs> They should probably I've heard that line before from, from <laughs> deluded people. Yeah. Um, so they yeah, two point four million user accounts. Uh, uh, I like I like what's your note here? It just says a hundred gay per user. So that's like the weighted average. Like yeah, well, per, I mean, if you think about it, yeah. Know, just if you break down how much they they have through the number of users, also it's worth pointing out. You know, these are obviously accounts, mm-hmm. and it's quite known that there's a lot of people in that community who have several accounts. Sure. So, you know, yeah. it's, it's not nearly that number of players. Oh, so what's, what was the cheapest buy-in? Uh, like 40, 30 bucks? Yeah. Was it so expensive? I mean, that, that was even the game. I can't remember what sure. the Kickstarter tiers were. Um, but yeah, like these days, I think like if you want, for example... So personally, I have to say, I, w- I never cared at all about Star Citizen the MMO. I'm 
I was, and I guess by now I'm tentatively, back then I was very excited for mm -hmm. Squadron 42. Mm -hmm. Just like that Wing Commander-esque, very cinematic single-player story with who is like Mark Hamill, Gary Oldman, Gillian Anderson. Yeah. I was like, yeah, that, that sounds great. Yeah, because obviously that had been something that we haven't seen for a long time ever since the death of Wing Commander right. and X-Wing and I think Starlands was I got like that. burned with like, Privateer that promised the world. I mean, I think you've you've probably hit on one of the themes. The world. Oh, there was Freelancer, yeah, right. Privateer was before that? Sure, Privateer was like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the first one came out like in the late 80s or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wing Commander, then he did Privateer, then Crusader, No Remorse or whatever it was called. And then he, Chris Roberts left EA and Origin. And then Freelancer. Microsoft did Starlancer, which came out pretty great. Except for the German localization. Holy fucking shit. Well, give me an example. So, you know, you have like, uh, it's like this multi multicultural task force on, on your carrier ship, right? So yeah. you have like the French guy, the, the American, the English. The American guy talked, it was just like the worst ever German with a heavy, heavy American. Like, it's way worse than you sound. Oh, wait, what? Do it. Get, do an American accent. Give me like, like a southern... Hey, youngs, let's get some curvers later on, like. like. Stuff like that. It was like, really, you would, you would listen to it. It was like, there must have been a German somewhere near this room where they recorded this to say, eh, I don't know. This is, and like, we, all these accents were like that. It was like the most exaggerated. It was really, really bad. But the game was great. Like, uh, Starlancer yeah. was a great game. Uh, then Freelancer, as Basti said, like, it was a game that got famous for cutting out a ton of stuff that was initially promised. Never getting finished, which I assume is also what Kevin alludes to in his email. Yeah. That, you know, maybe Chris Roberts has yep. a little bit of a history with feature creep. Um, what came out, it still was a good game. I think like they had this really ambitious thing, like you could host your own service and have like up to a thousand players. Mm -hmm. like, and, or, like, I think it was a hundred by the end. I think it was a hundred, but the, the general like, idea was, was Star Citizen, Early MMO stuff, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. The, the general gist of that game was Star Citizen. Well, like, this has been the dream for a minute. Yeah. I mean, one of the, one of the things... And afterwards, they finally, that company made their best game, right. Brute Force. For Xbox. Private 2 had Clive Owen and Christopher Walken in it. Did they get Lillard back for any of this? No, which well, is then, a shame. Look, if you, don't have, back if you don't have Freddie Prince Jr. and Matthew Lillard in there... I mean, I look, I, today is not the episode where we talk in, in depth about Brute Force, then, is it? It's, it today is not that day. Um, you know, you did, you did say the magic words. I think one of the things to keep in mind is that is that the game is a space game. And I, I don't know... It's been like that for a very long time where the space game genre is pretty much feature creep the genre. Yeah. And they all they all kind of deal with it differently. I mean, there's three big space games getting talked about right now and they all deal with it differently, right? You have your Elite Dangerous which came out, you know, early on, pretty bare bones, but they consistently add features. And they have all this like, cool stuff happening with the aliens like those They do they do a lot yeah. They do a lot of cool stuff like and they they actually have uh, I, I I'm pretty sure I I hope I don't get this wrong, but they have like their narrative dudes play yeah. characters in the game. Like they will hop into an account and fly around and talk to you over the mic and like start off their big events like also that. Also, what, cool. what fits a little bit the fantasy of Star Citizen is that all the factions, missions, and everything going on in Elite Universe is quite complex but generated. So, you in theory, you have like a never ending. Yeah. Uh, amount of like missions and quests, etc., but often quite generic. Sure. So, so I mean, you got you got that that method of doing it, which is is put out something bare and build onto it. You got the um, you got the No Man's Sky, which is lie about everything, then spend a year and a half building it back up. You know yep. that that is also a game of we're adding features, adding features, and Star Citizen seems to like they they just seem to be doing it kind of the other way around for the most <laughs> part, like bang in all the features before you put anything out. So I mean, it's 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 hard to to knock any one of them because they've all had relative degrees of success. I wouldn't call any of those games unsuccessful. Um, how how are you forgetting the space game? The space game. Eve. Thief. Eve online. Oh, I was like thief. Eve, Eve yeah. A game I have zero interest in ever playing, but holy shit, I love reading those stories. I've, oh yeah, I yeah. played and it like for a couple of months. Of course you have. Yes. Like all the no, like uh, there was like series like an, it's an MMO, but of course you have played this it at true. some point. Like all the corporate backstabbing when like you have this yeah there was this huge battle and then they lost ships that like in in your in real life money would be like two hundred k or something like. But then when you actually play, I mean, you have Excel charts and realize that you 
put your alarm clock in like three in the morning to just skill something and then do some more stuff in your extra shards. Or so, you uh, go outside uh, of your rival's house and cut their power so they can't defend their, oh, their yeah. multi-thousand dollar <laughs> spaceship. I, I don't know. I, 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 for me, it's, it's more like the, the, those, those three are a little more uh, related than, than Eve would be. Um, Eve is definitely its own super bizarre thing, but I don't think they get uh, as much into adding features. They, they do have their uh, odd real-life council of, uh, of people yeah. that meets up in, in Iceland. and Eve's fucking weird, man. Anyway, so yeah, that, that, that's, that's the thing. What do you guys think? We'll go around real quick. Is, is Star Citizen coming out? No. Uh, no. I mean, by the point it comes out, he will probably, Chris Roberts will probably pack all his stuff and uh, left all for... in Iceland. And he bought his small, like, uh, island in the Caribbean or whatever and says, like, okay, I'm gone. It's a case of um, they reached the point of no return, yeah. especially for the community. If you bought into that game already at this point, like, oh, what's, the, what's the point in leaving it now? You can just, like, uh, be on that ride until it probably crashes. <coughs> it will come out. No one will care about it, in my opinion, anymore by the point it comes out. And then it will slowly fade and will become a curiosity where YouTubers in 10 or 15 years from now <laughs> will make... Do you remember Star Citizen? That weird uh, case of people spent millions on a game which never, pro- uh, uh, which never got probably, uh, pro- yep. which never got finished. Was a real, uh, that was a properly real finished moment. Thank right there. you. <clears throat> which never properly got finished. So, Marcel, is Star Citizen coming out? Um, at some point, yes. Yeah. Uh, I think th- th- there's two things. So one thing I always say is. Um, I I would love I would have loved maybe now the time is over I would have loved at some point in my career to work on a Kickstarter game or crowdfunding game because I yeah. think you know, it's a very interesting challenge. Yeah. I would hate to work anything community communication whatever for that game specifically because I think oh, like, yes. they have the problem. It's it's been such a long time. You know, it's been eight years soon. Oh. Yeah. Um. Whenever that comes out, the game comes out. It could it could objectively be the best video game ever made. For a lot of people in the community who spend a lot of money, it will not be the game they have built up in their minds over eight years. You know, oh, you, wow. you, you have a vision, right? See, I'm, I'm thinking... And I think by the time it comes out again, it could be a fantastic game. But for half of those people, it's not going to be the game they had in mind. They, they mm. thought this was going to be, and it's mm. going to be a huge shit show. I, I, no, I, I, I agree. I, th- I think you'll see a split. So I'm, I'm, I'm with Marcel. Like, yeah, this, this game's going to come out. Um... But it's going to be like, like look at your, uh, you know, not to get too highbrow, but either American or UK politics, whatever politics, whatever brand of politics you want to follow right now, where it's just very, there, there will be very clearly two different narratives. Like, and you're already seeing this and it'll either be, yes, it came out. What a momentous occasion we made it. Or it's like, this is going to be crazy. Like the people have already, I, I think the majority of people have already made up their minds. Exactly. On what this that is, is the be. point. Yes, yes. Yeah. And, and it, dude, like if we can see sunken cost fallacy on people spending sixty bucks on a game, I, I, I'm not sure. Like, do you trust? Do you, do you trust the review of somebody who spent seventeen hundred, twenty five hundred dollars in 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 a, in a game like this? To be honest, the only person whose reviews I trust is myself. So let's go play Anthem. I double yikes. Oh. So yeah, but but you you guys point point something uh, uh, very pointed something correct. very important. <laughs> That um, it has probably got the majority of its potential player base already. Yep. Because the entry level now is hard. I mean, think about it. It's a game which at the end promises to have a, like a real life driven economy and yeah. all this kind of like stuff. That game comes out. There are people who played for years, spent thousands of bucks. Who in his right mi- mindset is like, oh yeah, I joined this new, let's say, MMO, which is, has been online for years already with people spending millions on a pay to win they uh, elements how how can you get into it's you busted this is most likely for one or two months but (laughs) so the entry level is really really hard so at at that point they will make the decision at some point okay we're having really really a hard time getting more money out of the production phase of that game so we have to release it and then it will fade away people who played that game or the different elements of that game, the modules of that game, will probably still play it. They will have, in my opinion, a very, very hard time to acquire mm. any new players. But the community thing is, I see it quite differently because what you see right now with the community is 
a very, very, very toxic community of fans. The Star Citizen yeah, community became toxic community. became so defensive. Yeah, you so can't you can't uh, criticize it very much. Yeah, so ev- everyone who is not a white knight has a tough time. We see instances of people getting shouted at or even blocked, banned, etc., from forums because they raised their criticism about the game. Um, there were several, a lot of instances actually, where YouTube videos, etc., got. Um, <clears throat> got uh, tanked by by comments. Got uh, a very very high dislike ratio, even uh, though yeah. there were sometimes very good videos. And that is also something where people usually are very reluctant to go in such kind of community because it feels extremely uh, elite, gated, and as Marcel said, very extremely toxic. Like yeah. the case where toxic fans are worse than people who hate something. Damn. Yeah, like it is definitely like from everything I've seen from that community on the forum, so it, it's not a community I would want to engage no, with. Same. And you know me, I have may have played one or two games with divisive communities in the past. Yeah, I spent a shitload of money while you were doing it. I mean, what you could also say though, like in in defense of of the rabbit toxic community, mm-hmm. it's also of course that like the other side isn't isn't any better. You know, like, you right, right. People, 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 people yeah, yeah. there, there are definitely people. On, who on the other hand, you have somebody like Derek Smart. Uh, I'm just I yeah, will just I say it. the name once. You, if you say it three times, you will materialize. Don't summon him. Exactly. That's why I just say it once. Yeah. So so DS. Yeah. And not Death Stranding, mm-hmm. which also should, nobody should talk about anymore. <laughs> You know, like he he has gathered this this rabbit army of haters. You know, yeah. who will do the same thing. Like if somebody does is positive about the game on, on yeah. YouTube, or whatever, like they will they will dog pile. Like Dude will so show it, up. It is from from both sides. You know that. I mean, I get it. Um, I can see obviously, and I have my own uh, concerns about you know, like uh, the morality of of their funding model and everything they're doing. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, I absolutely get that there's a lot of criticism. I'm, again, I'm not a big fan. I just hope that Squadron Forty Two comes out and it's good. Yeah, I just checked the, the so it was supposed to think I come out this year, and I mean it, a lot of this stuff was supposed to always come out this or last year. I think right now they're saying it's going to go into beta in fall of next year. Mm-hmm. So Holy maybe shit. by summer twenty twenty one or something. Hopefully I can play Squadron Forty Two, take commands from Mark Hamill again. Gotta get like in the good old days. Yeah. Um, hopefully get a lot of commands and orders from uh, Julian Anderson. <laughs> And, um, well, she's not very busy anymore. She's not on American Gods, so maybe she can come back. But she's on Sex Education. I strongly recommend that what? series. It's a Netflix series. Calm down, but nope. We, we mentioned another name we shouldn't have mentioned. Um, it's a comedy course, show on Netflix. And of course, you know, Gary Oldman, who's always great. Sergei Reznor. That's his, probably yeah. his most famous role. Most also, famous. that Dracula guy. <sighs> I say... So, yeah, uh, Star Citizen, again, it's... it's um, I have to say one thing. Yeah. Uh, considering I haven't backed the game, I haven't spent money out of it. I have already gotten an, an absurd amount of entertainment out of this game, and the community that loves it, and the community that hates it, and like the the accusations they throw each other, and of course legal threats. You know, whenever the is involved, there's there's got to be. Oh yeah. getting. Th- I'm surprised we're not getting sued right now. Probably. And, and of course, you know, like the, the, there's a pending lawsuit between where Crytek sued them and they sued Crytek, mm-hmm. and also I think this is. Pr- is this going to be the first game ever that, that comes out? Like a big game on Lumberyard Engine? I don't know. God knows. Yes. Because we uh, don't know when is it going to come out. No, I don't right? know. And, I yeah. mean, Amazon has canceled one game. The rest seems to be... Like, so yeah, it's, it's, there's a lot of interesting stuff to follow here. Even as somebody who doesn't want to play the MMO and who just wants to be ordered around by Mark Hamill. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, they gave us brilliant Instagram moments like bolstering about their like new automatic sci-fi door in their office which they obviously it's a pretty cool fucking door though um, bought with backer money and has most likely cost as much as a Tesla or two that's the weird thing and I think that's a good segue to our actual topic I just want to say one last holy crap about Star Citizen before you segue. So you can say what you want to say and then right. I say my part and then you segue then, away but would that ruin your segue? No, you say it. First? You know, you're right. You say it and then I'll say the segue okay. thing. Yeah. So I just want to say um yeah. That uh, as you mentioned, I from from previous jobs, I've I've met Chris Roberts a few times. Huh. You can I can absolutely see you know having talked to that guy, like why why he builds that rabbit fan base. You know, like he, yeah. he is somebody who knows again. If you want to go back to your politics comparison, he knows exactly what to say, how to push the buttons yeah. with that specific community. That's true. So um, again, I'm I'm not a fan of their funding model at all. I can absolutely see why it works with, with that specific audience. Obviously, it's an sure. audience that seems yes. to have a lot of uh, disposable income uh, looking at the stats. So, 
you know, um, again, I, I will follow it closely and just deliver Squadron 42 hopefully next year onto us. All right. So now I can segue? If it's about Mark Hamill or Gillian Anderson, yes. No, I'm not going to do Hold on. I'm gonna, you just uh, you said your thing, so I'm going to segue now. <laughs> Basti, yeah, right about that door, though. Oh, man. So, like, uh, the, you know, they, they all of their sales, the things they are selling, uh, go into their crowdfunding uh, total count, mm-hmm. as far as I know. So it's weird to say that it's from crowdfunding. I mean, every studio has bought cool dumb shit for their studio, mm-hmm. right? You know, that, that sure. You, you walk around a lot of studios and see, say, Giant Space Monkey. I don't know. But, um, <clears throat> like, nobody really goes like, oh, that's for, the, that's for the potential money. This is interesting because it's probably one of, the, one of the core things that we're talking about when we're talking about crowdfunding, about, like, the weird money relationship um, and, and how, like... Both consumers and developers view the 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 um, developer consumer relationship yeah. differently when the money is paid the other way around. Yeah, you know. So it's like it's like if you if you look at like Naughty Dog and they have a bunch of statues of their cool game characters, you're like, ah, cool, glad glad to see they're successful. But if you see somebody where it's like, wait, motherfucker, I gave you money for this game. Where's this game? You got a cool Star Wars door. Like it just kind of in the in the back of uh, of our heads, and you're not the only person to do that. By the way, I'm not I'm not uh, saying that on you. Like when they when they tweeted the video of that door and showed it, those comments, like m- many other comments for for Star Citizen stuff, were a fucking nightmare. I mean, that's a simple explanation for that. Yeah, people love doors. Um, so usually you buy a product. At the end, you might get hyped, etc. But with crowdfunding and Kickstarter campaigns, you become a stakeholder, you lend or borrow a company uh, money for the prospect of a successful, good quality product while you have no rights and no other um, implications stakeholders or funders, etc. in other economy models usually have, which means impact on the actual development. Yeah. That means it's all in good faith. You have no chance of selling your stuff back or asking to get a refund, mm-hmm. or it's usually at least very, 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 very hard. So it is, if you break it down, and don't get me wrong, I funded games and I like funding games, a very, very, very shitty, probably the most shitty stakeholder situation. It's like, a, what's what's it in English, a mid-scene? When uh, back in the Renaissance, etc., people just gave money to a patron. artists. A patron? A patron. Thank, Not thank a Patreon, you. a patron. A patron. Patreon? Patreon. Yeah. Patreon is from Patreon. No, a Patreon, yeah. You said Patreon. Patreon. Well, you do not get to plug your Patreon here. It is 18 plus, and we've discussed this. But even there, in that situation, <laughs> and that is funny about that, even back then, where that word comes from, in that whole concept, yeah. people usually got something back, like uh, paintings, or uh, there wasn't actually worth like an investment behind artists, etc., which could make you rich if you sponsor the right artist, etc. But this is all in good faith. And at the end, you the only thing you get is probably, hopefully, a game you would have maybe never got via traditional publishing ways, which also is a little bit diluted lately. <laughs> so, Oh, it's been diluted, I think, from the, from yeah. the kind of beginning. But uh, so, so, okay, you've backed stuff yeah. on Kickstarter. Yeah. Fig? Uh, no. Indiegogo, like no, just, just, Kickstarter. just Kickstarter. Marcel, you've backed things. Uh, Holy shit! Yeah, once or twice. You don't actually have to tell me a ballpark, but it, I, it was significantly more than once or twice, right? Yes. Yeah, uh, just on Kickstarter as well, or other uh, platforms. Just Kickstarter, I think. What, just so we get a clear picture, what, what's your guys' split on video games to other things backed? Um, I once backed something that was not a game. It was a comic from uh, somebody I knew from the games industry. Okay, I would see. I would uh, everything, was... everything else was games, both video and analog. I Didn't back... you do uh, like a, like a card game? Like, wasn't there Secret Hitler? The, for example, I mean, I don't know if there were several, but like, I would have paid you somebody back like board games or something else like that. Yeah, as I said, like it's, yeah. uh, it's everything I backed except for that one comic was games, okay. both analog or digital. Yeah, I backed two games, three games, three games. Uh, spent $300 on the Bloodborne board game with a ton of um, expansion packs, which will come next year, May, I hope. And other than that, I spent... Most Kickstarters have been comic books or art books. Okay. A ton of that. Yeah. 
but only like I think no three games. See, I'm only asking these questions because I've backed nothing, and no. you're a fucking freeloader, and would never back anything. You're a freeloader. I you, will. You are the kind of guy they yeah. respawn warned me about. They they are free to warn you about anything they want. Um, I pay money for video games, and if they don't exist, I don't need to pay money for them. Uh, it's a per. It's, it's my personal thing. I, I can see why people want to back stuff. I, I can see less about their reactions after they back stuff, given what you kind of laid down. Intri- like, like for, I guess my overall point is, like, once you give this money away, it is a wish. You are wishing yeah. upon a star. And if someone takes that money and shows them eating it on a cam in front of you, you don't get to say anything. Yeah. That's just my, I, that's my personal thing. If but, you wish upon a star, do you become a citizen of said star? You might, but it's going to take about 15 years. How much did you wish, like... Quadruple digits or just triple digits? Whatever it takes. There you go. You're you're, going to make it one of these years. Um, How much of the stuff you guys have personally backed has been successful in your opinion? Everything but one. Out of about how many? Let's say 20, 25. Not fucking bad at all. Like comic books and all this kind of stuff. The only thing which disappointed me or no, uh, where I'm in doubt, it hasn't necessarily disappoint me It could me disappoint yet. you. It could disappoint me. Yeah. There were some instances where I was like, oh, that's not going well. It's a system shock. Yeah, that's a shame. Um, Marcel? I'm just checking. So I, in total, I backed 57 Kickstarters. Damn. A lot of entrepreneur um, over here. Some of them uh, were canceled. So like, you know, did, or didn't make it. Okay, fair enough. Uh, but, yeah, yeah, sure. But you don't, you don't, you don't I'm, pay I'm in just, that I'm instance, just, right? Exactly, you don't. Yeah. I'm just, so the things that were cancelled included uh, a Pantheon Rise of the Fallen was not, Cradle, a member of Eldrim, so two Cringe RPGs, Death Inc., which was a fun little strategy game never came out, Project Awaken, look cool, then Open World RPG, no, sorry, the name of the thing was Open World RPG, in parentheses, like Star Wars game. Tell that story. Boom. It was fantastic. And then there's uh, Wildman and the Crisis board game. Uh, but everything, I'm just looking through it, everything that I did back, except, no, there's two already here. I think except for two or three um, was pretty good when it came out. But I think that is really one of the problems for, with Kickstarter. And um, maybe we have a little bit of an advantage here. It, very frequently I look at a Kickstarter pitch. Mm-hmm. I mean, I haven't backed something yeah. in a long time, a couple of years, I think. Very often, I look at something and I immediately all my alarm bells are ringing. It's like, this pitch is, is not workable. You know, it's they're asking for too little money. They're promising way too much. The team is super inexperienced or whatever. I agree. And then I see that people back that shit. I think to myself, why are you doing this? This is clearly not going to work out. Um, but again, you may be, a, a, you know, I, I'm not a, a producer or anything, but I've, picked up a little bit of, of knowledge about how game budgets and stuff works and yeah. planning over the years. And um, I think that is really the problem that with a lot of these things that fail, if you look at them in hindsight, you think a lot or all of the warning signs were there. I agree. I absolutely agree. And um, yeah, uh, again, you know, not always, as I just mentioned, there were, I think, two games or so that I backed that ended up quite horrendously. Uh, that was Shadowrun Online and Pathfinder online mm-hmm. you know, then again MO. I think MO Kickstarters are like the, the, the iffiest of all of them yes sure but I mean these like are... every time you see like somebody like it has this feature and this and this and you're like you're, you're promising all for this all of this for like 200k and like a team of three people you're either mad or suicidal so do you think like now one of the things that uh, that became uh, and you hinted at it earlier Bassi one of the things that became quickly evident uh, in Kickstarter campaigns was that they are not uh always just looking for that amount of money to fund the project. They are looking for that amount of money to signal to an investor that there is outside interest for this product. Either that or the very risky strategy, I think, again, where a lot of especially um, board game stuff falls apart with physical components. Manufacturer, yeah. Is the thing like, you know, where where your whole business model is essentially a stretch goals. Uh Like you intentionally go for a goal that is lower. Uh, one company that is infamous for, for example, for doing this is uh, Cool Minis or not, mm-hmm. which it doesn't matter for them because they're they're you know one of the biggest brands for like these kind of miniature board games. So every time they do it, they do three, four Kickstarters a year, and every time it makes two to three million. Oh wow! So you know, like for them, it doesn't matter. They've got but, like, the pedigree. They've been criticized by other people for saying they give these in, in, intentionally very low initial goals 
because for them it's doable. You know, they, they, you know, they well, do also, two million from from stretch goals. But of course, people then compare other like, well, here I get like this board game with a hundred miniatures for whatever, and your stretch goal is much higher. And maybe because the ladder actually is realistic, you know, in terms of like this is exactly what it's going to cost for us as a company that does this for the first time. Uh, I mean, so also, the whole stretch yeah. goal economy is. Is, is a very questionable, or can quickly become a very questionable thing on Kickstarter. But I mean, don't you think this is a little on Kickstarter? Like people, like, like pro- of course they were going to take advantage of this. Like projects don't get the money until their goal is met. Makes sense to set that goal as low as you feasibly can and pray for stretch goals to carry over the finish line because you're getting that money. And then, uh, I mean, I think you put it a little fl- more flowery than I would have. Once Once that money is released, they can do literally fucking anything with it. Yep. And you have jack shit to say about it. Yeah, I mean, the problem is also, so in theory, uh, Kickstarter says that, you know, you must deliver something. Yeah. Um, there have been cases where it went to court in the US or so. If somebody said, well, here's clear proof, or even the company admitted that they can no longer do it. Yeah. Of course, the problem is also by the time the money has run out, you know, what's the point in suing somebody if, if they don't have the money to pay back? You know, oh, at yeah, that point, yeah. of course, you can have, say, well, I had the moral victory, the judge said, you have to deliver. I mean, yeah, you but open a limited or something. And it, then... it also seems easy enough to just say, oh, I'm going to deliver it forever. True. Again, or or, or just not respond. Yeah, yeah. Just not respond. Um, and so, we'll yeah, go over that. So, really that is, sorry, like the yeah. two biggest problems that I see with, again, you know, I've backed a lot. Uh, I, I would like to say, I think we're going to get to that in a second. Like some of the best indie games of the last 10 years yeah. have come from crowdfunding. Yeah. So I think like it has been a real boon for, for the gaming scene. It's been fantastic. It has, for, for board gaming, it has done fantastic things, like some of the best board games. Many people would say argue that Gloomhaven is the best fantasy board game ever made, Kickstarter, mm. you know, so stuff like that. But um, really the biggest problems to me are A, unrealistic pitches, unexperienced teams, you know, the stuff, again, in many cases, you see the warning signs. Yeah. Like, it's very clear in the pitch that these guys have no idea. Or, you know, they just talk about, like, yeah, it's going to be like this, and we think about doing this. So maybe we're like, well, you don't have an idea. How can you say this? How much money you want? You need for this. Um, oh, it's incredibly really, overscoped, yeah. Yeah, really, yeah. I mean, yeah, we just talked about Star Citizen, right? Yeah. <laughs> just like the, the feature creep, stretch goal, creep, monster, par excellence. But, yeah, the other problem really is, is stretch goals. Like, we're a lot of... I mean, we, I think we're going to get to your personal favorite kickstarter game in there no place. there's there's at least uh there's a there's actually a few on here like i mean uh, um, i'm talking about mighty number nine fuck off with mighty fucking number nine well it makes me even more sad about system shock because if you want to see an absolutely amazing well done kickstarter campaign up to here's the full demo level of everything system shock was so promising so well, let's hope guys that well, you maybe system shock 3 is going to be good Ooh. Oh. Too soon. God damn it. Okay, so here's what we'll do. Let's let's go through some let's go through some uh, notable Kickstarter campaigns. We'll talk about why they're great, or maybe uh, point out what some of those uh, warning signs could have been. Sound good? And then at the end, if we don't get through them all, I've got a few favorites that I just like to run through. I like to say to that, ooh yeah, just shit all over everything. Perfect. Yeah, ooh yeah. Is is according to this awesome table you put together? Thank you, Marcel. A, um, it was the most money making video game related thing on that platform, yeah? Yes. $8.5 million. Yeah. And how long was it? Uh, was it po- I, I, when I was looking at some of the Ouya stuff, um, my favorite was the tweet the same day where it was like, like I, I don't know who it was, but it was somebody who was involved in the project and it was like, hey, I got a bunch of people to thank for Ouya. We're revolutionizing the games. And then, like, same day, it was like, Ouya was great. Time to move on to the next adventure. I think people barely remember Uya nowadays anymore, which is crazy, right? I would like to take this opportunity to give a shout out to the journalists and forum warriors who for roughly two weeks in 2012 were like, this is the future of video games. Microsoft and Sony and Nintendo, they better watch out. They did. They watched this battleship pass uh, right Warning off the signs, obviously, it's... You know, again, it's one of these things where to... I don't want to say the layman because that sounds like I'm an expert, which I'm not, or right. I'm not. To the but casual like, observer, 8.5 million sounds like a ginormous amount yeah. to launch physical hardware. Nothing, it's not it's a lot. Nothing. Yeah. It's nothing at all. You know, like if uh, something like you know, like a new Xbox, PlayStation, whatever, they probably spend like you know. Uh, and, and keep keep in mind because we don't always have we, something like that. Yeah, we we don't always oh, have way it, more. But, um, if this was a successful Kickstarter, 
they asked for less than what they got. Obviously, yeah. Yeah. So I mean, they delivered the product. Yes. In their defense, they delivered yeah. the product. I hear the controller was shitty, but like you know, they delivered the thing, so it was not a scam at all. It's a shame the controller it, looked it, neat. It, it definitely was not a scam. They delivered exactly what they promised. I think just the vision was deeply flawed. Yeah. Like this whole idea, so every game had to have like a free version or a demo available mm-hmm. or something, which of course. Especially bigger games don't do, you know? So it's right. just like you're limited to indie games. I mean, the only people that got close to being successful with that was Xbox, and even they gave up on that for indies. Yeah, and yeah. I mean, then again, why would I need a new platform to play indie games when I have Steam or whatever, which has almost all the great Or indie Raspberry Pi or whatever, or mobile phone. Did you just say Raspberry Pi? Uh, I, think th- I think they had one notable exclusive early on, which was Towerfall. Yep. Oh yeah, true. That's there was the only exclusive. one I remember from the Wii. And of course, it very quickly came to everything else. And I mean, it's, yeah, it's a very good game. Uh, well, I mean, it's no Samurai Gun. Uh, some people would say it's better than Samurai Gun. Some people Those are people incorrect, In, professionally incorrect. Okay, so Ouya was not successful, but the warning signs, like you said, were there. That that's a lot of money for. I mean, I think if people think about, it's, it's the same thing as with a steam machine, yeah. right? It's like. <clears throat> You look, at least in my case personally, I looked at this and I thought to myself, who is the target audience for this? Because obviously, you know, if you spend millions on developing a new console, you want to have a target audience. And I just didn't know who it was. Yep. Like, mm-hmm. again, as with the Steam machines, it was like, does this appeal to the hardcore? Probably not. Or, or the hardcore already are covered because they have other machines that play all these indie games, whatever, just as well. Uh, for the casual person, again, you like with something like this, like this how is the casual player ever find out that an Ouya exists if they can't walk into Walmart or Best Buy and see it on a store shelf? Sure. You know, stuff like that. So it's it's always this thing. It's Again, it's kind of the same thing as we say there right now, right? Yeah. The hardcore has no use for it. The casual doesn't know it exists mm. because they, they market it to the hardcore. The early audience. adopters don't have anything cool to say. But I have a founder's yeah, so body key, so if any like anyone wants to play Stadia, I'll, I can give you three months. Actually, I'm kind of tempted. Absolutely not. Um, <laughs> okay. Okay. No Next game. Shenmue 3. Ooh, 6.3 yeah. million. What was the final money? Like the, the, I like the mention of Shenmue sends a Marcel into a coughing Yeah. Fight. I think there was also like some numbers what they didn't get from Sony, etc. Like the total... Because this uh, was fun. definitely something, you, like you said, yeah. where, where they got money from that, other people. That game, that's a game that rubbed me very much the wrong way. The yeah. Kickstarter. Was like it? having Sony on their E3 conference announce on stage, here's going to be an exclusive game for us back then. Yeah. And you have to pay for it. Yeah. I think that was a really shitty audience. That's the, the kind of double-edged shady. sword because like, I think the only way to sidestep what you're saying about, hey, this is a laughably low budget and you know that you're going to get extra help is to say, and, and some Kickstarter campaigns have done that, where it's like, hey, you just kick in this much and we have Sony in the wings waiting to sweep it up. I wish they had made 600k more. Yeah. Because then they would have made the same number as their uh, Metacritic score. Yeah, sure, but I mean, you know, just like uh, just like Ooh. MechWarrior fans are finding out this uh, this week, maybe your Metacritic is isn't uh, isn't all it's cracked up to be. So what what and the the funny thing about Shenmue is they got a lot of like money from from Sony. So I have no idea what the total production budget was and of, of that they game. They also got a publisher in Deep Silver, which is the, the home of I think all Kickstarter yes. games at this point. So they had the initial amount of six point three million. Yeah, and the final product, while they got even way more money, looks like a let's say a three million game. Let's not let's not pretend like they are not doing that on purpose, though. I mean, like yeah, we, sure. can, we can shit on if you like Shenmue, then you're gonna like Shenmue. If you don't like Shenmue, then you've got all your reasons. But I think it would be disingenuous to say that this was a surprise or the product came out anyway. Like if you expected different from Shenmue three, you weren't fucking paying attention. No, no, I agree. I think like the the people who actually backed Shenmue three, they got. What they were promised yeah, and asked for, right? So, but again, I think it's probably also one of those games where a large part of the audience for that game already backed the game. Yeah, yeah. So I'm curious, you know, how the retail sales are going to be. Well, there's going to be 17 more entries in the series. Do you guys series. think the next 16 games are all going to be kickstarted, or I, if he does it again, I'd be sh- I'd be really surprised. If there's a, the next success, like you had how many years? Ten years between two and three? Seven years? Seven years. No more, right? Way more. Way more. Way more. I, mean, I can't even remember when two came out. I played one and then stopped. They killed the Dreamcast in two thousand two. Well, yeah, but that was one. I didn't. Two was out on Xbox as well. Yeah. Yeah, like Xbox One. Like, yeah, yeah. Like it's okay. or so. So this was like at least fifteen. Uh, two thousand one. Yeah. So, so, 18 years. Eighteen years. So I mean, that that's a lot of time to simmer 
the uh, hardcore fan pot, and yeah, I don't know and, if you're going to be able and, to release it. And you see, like a lot of these games, as with Star Citizen, as we mentioned, like a lot of these games that were big on, on Kickstarter, very specifically, uh, you know, played the nostalgia card. Like this is like those games you remember that you know, they just don't make them like they used to. Sure. And yeah. And it, the, yeah, the, the thing is, like, I don't know. I don't know if we've seen how many times they can go back to the well for stuff like that. Some of them do it. It's it, like, for example, if you look at uh, Pillars of Eternity, Pillars of Eternity. I was going to say, yeah. like that well already dried up a little bit. A little bit. Um, all right, so next one on the old list is Bloodstained, 5.5 million. The Igavania. The Igarashi, he's there to sip wine and break glasses. And he did. What happened to the art style? Uh, he, he will fuck, he carries a whip. He will fucking whip you in public, Marcel. Do not ask Koji Igarashi what happened to the art style. That game turned out great, though. Yeah, it turned out great, absolutely. It I is, mean, the initial performance the issues version. on Switch, I think they also fixed a lot of that, right? Did you say except for the Switch version as well? Yeah, the Switch version is... Uh, Still? St- to the point where they're getting mad that they are focusing so much on fixing the Switch version, was the last I heard. Okay. Like, the other backers are like, yo, we got 18 years of... Um, Backer tiers and, and stretch goals. Like, why are you making the Switch version work? And that was also a game... Didn't Bloodstain lose a platform? Was it PSP? Vita? I think. Wasn't it supposed um, to be on Vita? That's one of the things that actually pisses me off. That is another common thread. When was the Kickstarter? Uh, the, the Kickstarter, the you did. The first number is the Kickstarter, second is when it came out. 2015. It, it, it very publicly it very publicly lost a platform and offered keys on another thing um, but that is that is one of the things that kind of ticks me off about a lot of crowd funding stuff like if I want it on a certain platform they're like I oh, know fuck you like that would that would really tick me off but again like not not to defend the practice of doing because it's shitty yeah but again it's, it's like one of these things where sometimes I see the game they're pitching PlayStation Wii U and PS Vita yeah, sometimes I see the platforms they're promising I think to myself that is, I probably would not ask for a key for that platform. Right, yeah. Because, you know, it seems already a bit shaky. Okay. Moving on. Moving on. Torment, Tides, and Numenera. I backed that for too much money. That like that was one of the things that started to turn me off Kickstarter. Do you want to do you wanna say how much or just too much? You don't have to. I can't remember. Uh, 200 or something. That's I the, got like a Kickstarter, like I got a collector's edition, which then once I got it, I immediately moved on for just as well. So I didn't really lose anything. Oh, okay, all right, yeah. Um, but I was super disappointed, like in the way they handled like Kickstarter, because obviously they promised it as a as a um, spiritual successor to Planescape Torment. Yeah. Yes, Richard, we're not going to do that joke again about the Torment thing that you always love. What do you mean, Planescape? They should make another one. Yeah. What would you call it? Oh, what a great game! Planescape to. Torment. So yeah, uh, so they said it's a spiritual successor. Obviously, you would assume that the basic gameplay in a spiritual successor is fairly similar, right? Yeah. And then after the Kickstarter ended, after they got everybody's money, they were like, you know what? We're not sure if we should do this whole real-time with pause, so you, our backers, get to vote. And then the vote was like super close. It was like a couple hundred votes in, firm, in, in, in favor of turn-based. They were like, you know what? We're making a turn-based game, and everybody who doesn't like that, well, I mean, you know, we hope you like it since you backed the game. Yeah. <laughs> So that was like that really put me off, and that's also why I wouldn't I would not have backed something else from In Exile again. But I think the 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 game at the end I haven't played it because it came to a point where I just were not able to find the time to to read through a shit ton of text and CRPGs anymore. But it turned out great, right? The Metacritic was good. I know a lot of people liked it. I think it was I think it was underwhelming a lot of people. Like it, yeah. it was good. But obviously, you know, when you when you draw like you know that direct lineage to what many people consider one of the best RPGs ever, it, it was nowhere near that. And I think like these days nobody talks about Torment. I think like compared to a lot of True. these other Kickstarter games, like even Pillars of Eternity, which we which we talked about a couple of times already yeah. in this very podcast, this very very fine podcast. I think Torment really dropped off super quick. It came out, nobody talked about it anymore. I don't think there was anything much in terms of post-release or anything. And also, uh, in Exile, quickly washed their hands. was like, yeah, we're, we're just Bart's tailing and wastelanding now. And Microsoft buying I want to buy Planescape Torment and Hans Edition now. Okay, um, stop doing that because we have to go a little bit faster. Uh, Pillars of Eternity. Kickstarted itself That's twice. a lot of money. Backed it for a lot of money. It, it, the first one, like I'm not, I, I I bought the first one after it came out and realized that I'm not into these kind of games that much anymore. I, I can't remember if this was the, if this was the thing that made me up for kicks sign up for Kickstarter was Shadowrun. It, it was one of those two. Right. Okay, the se- Shadowrun returns. The, the like, second one was uh, was funded on Fig, 
So they went to yeah, Fig for I their second round. I didn't round. go with that, and I think a lot of people didn't go with Fig anymore at that point. Not, I think, uh, they're, 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 yeah, the figures are different. They still made their buck. That game came out. They also, I mean, they went on, on record also saying that the, the sales of the second one were very disappointing. So if they yeah. were to do one more Pillars of Return, they would have to yeah. invest everything. They'd everything, have to do it so. on Kickstarter and Fig. So yeah, I think like really that was a good example of you know like in between as we said like that that well of or like that that hunger that craving for a specific kind of game had been filled by other Kickstarter yeah. projects that were like the, there was not nearly as much hunger anymore. I'm just gonna start picking these out at random. Um, let's save the one that you're thinking of for the end because it's also on my list. Uh, Mighty number nine. Uh, ukulele came out. They made a sequel. Did they kickstart the sequel? No, nope. they got published. They got picked up. Right? And the sequel supposed to be very, very good. Um, Much yeah. Than the first game. yeah. Wastelands two and three. That's another Kickstarter to uh, to fig. I really like Wastelands two. Uh, um, I think I backed it and I never played it. Ah, there was a last modern or newer or Renaissance of CRPG CRPG I actually played. I yeah. liked it, but then realized I have no time anymore to reload that text. And I thought about playing it, but then I thought, why not just play Fallout seventy six? Which is Oof. also post-apocalyptic. Oh, and it's currently being crowdsourced. <laughs> All right. Um, there's also there's also a couple on uh, on Fig that are worth mentioning. Psychonauts two made three mil. That I hope is going to be great. Should be coming out next year. But also, I mean, we're probably we're running out of time. But that whole double fine situation. Yeah, we got a little double, bit. Double double yeah. fine is also an interesting case because how they split up Broken Age into games. Also, yeah. their whole business model of their whole company was like, let's kickstart everything and let's kickstart something new. And then yet the space well, they, station. Well, they also, you know, founded I've, Fig. I've, I've, I've yeah, and yet the space station uh, situation. I so, massive chalice and never played it as well. What the fuck? I have massive chalice. For me, it felt almost like. Double Fine always were like at the borderline of just trying to exploit the system in a way. And even though, like, take it with a grain of salt because I like their games. But uh, that always felt then they had the space station. What was the name again? Space Station 9, the thing which yeah, yeah, canceled. No, and then, oh, we're doing three access, times right? at yeah, the same time. It was, the space station was early access. So I never, never felt good about that that situation. They tried to, to yeah, they tried to get into every pod. Oh, early access. Oh, kickstarting. Oh, crowdfunding. And then see what we can do. But, but to never. To be honest, I think that was, ju- that was just a reality of, of surviving as a company of that size. Independent yeah. company. I, I mean, but yeah, if you also right? have growth. Like if your company yourself. gets yeah. bigger like and you're taking more and more pro- projects, but at the same time you're just doing the same thing over and over again, ah, uh, it's a dangerous spot. Yeah, to these be. are these are successful. I, th- I mean, very. Out, like in this list already, we had three studios that have not all been bought by Microsoft. It's not bad. In Exile, Obsidian, um, Double Fun. No. Okay, since we, we since we were winding down, I just wanted to throw a few of my favorites at you guys real quick that aren't on the list, and you just tell me. Tell me how we're doing. How about uh, Project Phoenix from 2013? What's that again? Project Phoenix <laughs> is uh, is a Final Fantasy like game featuring composer Umetsu from Final Fantasy. Mm. Uh, there was an update in 2015, uh, two years after they kickstarted it, that said that they were waiting on a programmer from Ori and the Blind Forest to come help them make the game. Otherwise, they were going to have to really uh, lengthen the process. Please be excited. Uh, at 2018, there was an update saying that uh, previous updates were on hold after they finished a legal dispute from a disgruntled employee who hacked their social media and said that the project was a sham. Uh, and in 2019, late 2019, August, uh, they uh, they updated and said they're uh, they're about finished. So, good stuff. Yeah, be excited. You no, should, no proof for gameplay ask, or anything. You should ask Jason Schreier about that game. He he enjoys talking about that a lot. Loves it. That and the other one. There was a second one that was like Final Fantasy Tactics esque. Yeah, the 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 other uh, half of the Final Fantasy guys. Yeah, um, that just, also was is still not out and seems to be nobody's working on it anymore. Yeah. So it was like great stories right there. A few more of my favorites. What do we got? Ant Simulator um, was crowdfunded at a on its own website, so not not part of Kickstarter, but it got the money. Uh, they canceled the game after one of the developers uh, admitted or f- had a falling out with his partners because they spent the money on, quote, booze and strippers. <laughs> this got a bit of news. What a if man. they had been honest straight from the schedule, so like, hey, if you fund us, we'll spend on... I-, I think, like, a lot of people would have ironically... Yeah. They probably ironically made more money yes. than would, like, pretending to make a video game. Cool. Yeah. Yes. Speaking of, uh, The Stomping Land. 
percent. It got kind of famous because it was going to be uh, coming out on Steam. It was a successful Kickstarter. They asked for twenty k. They got one hundred and fourteen k. It was like dinosaurs. It was like Ark. Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. Um, so they put a really uh, hilariously bad version. Uh, let's say it's a version so bad that um, Steam doesn't sell it anymore, <laughs> uh, and then disappeared. Other great ones, and we're getting to the really juicy ones now. Clang? Uh, not Clang. I don't know. You have to do Clang if you want to do Clang. How about, um, <laughs> we'll, we'll, since we've already got a lot of controversial personalities in this episode, let's talk about Kickstarted in the Butt. What? Kickstarted in the Butt is the Chuck Tingle game. Chuck Tingle, uh, author of Space Raptor Butt Redemption and Gay T-Rex Law Firm, colon, Executive Boner. He's great. Like he's written book stuff like "Pounded in the Butt by Brexit" or something. Yeah, and then "Pounded," of course, it's a great, it's a great. Mar- Marcel's uh, Marcel's personal favorite is "Turn Gay by My Existential Dread" that I may actually be a character in a Chuck Tingle book. Uh, anyway, this uh, raised about eighty-five k on Kickstarter. Awesome. Uh, in partnership with famed game developer Zoe Quinn, who we will also not mention more than three times for fear of any kind of controversy. Uh, her last update was that she ran out of money and had to get a different job. Oh. But it's still coming, apparently, maybe. Who knows? Okay. Uh, Night Trap revamped. If you guys, oh, if you guys ever want to watch, uh, read a great Kotaku article about a, a, a uh, journalist doing exactly what Marcel's doing to one of these developers by pointing out their ridiculous costs yeah. and, and everything to the point where the guy just says, I have to go take care of my kid and then hangs up. That story's out there. Uh, they did a uh, night trap on Limited Run, so that's good. Um, a couple more, just a couple more. I'm sorry. Uh, Mighty number nine. Mighty number nine. Mighty number nine uh, is uh, disgusting. I'm sorry. It's it's as a Mega Man fan, it's not what it is. Uh, I do like my personal highlights from the whole Mighty Number no. Nine controversy were the trailer that said that you should make your enemies cry like an anime fan on prom night I love that one to be honest I like an anime fan one. on prom night that is exactly Holy what I shit. tell people when I go to anime conventions I just only, I only go to who would you imagine wars. Mega Man fans to be the, my, but see that's the problem like if somebody if somebody had, had done something similar to that like, like for, for Pillars of Eternity which I backed like you know making fun of of role playing nerds I would be like yeah that's me that's, that's exactly who I am yeah so like maybe anime fans can't take a joke. That trailer was real bad. The, um, that yeah, there was like you, you maybe, maybe there was another way of really line bad. delivery or better trailer. Maybe you could have like put in that joke and it would have worked. But that trailer was shit. My famous, my favorite one is that dude also uh, started another Kickstarter for a Mega Man like game in the middle of that. I got two more, and then we can kind of and the and the anime. I got two more, and then we can kind of. Kind of go. Also, one of my one oh, thing. Sorry. You remember, like, like the, the whole thing. Like, well, it's better than nothing. I remember what happened to that guy. Yeah, what happened to that guy? The guy who said, like, his translator Ben Judd, who said, like, the whole it's better than nothing. Yeah. Had to step down from his company this week over allegations of both sexual harassment and massive financial misgivings. Oof. Ooh, nothing would project, be better than that. I think that project is cursed, and everybody attached to it is cursed. No, say it ain't so. For enough, for enough. All right, my two my two more favorites, and I'll pass it on to you guys because we have a ton of information. Um, how about Shadow of the Eternals? Crunching game. Crunching game. Uh, some people, some people. What was that game called? Eternal Darkness. Yeah, some people seem to think that that was a good game. I love Eternal Darkness. Lord knows Basti, why. Just yes. like <laughs> Basti, help him. Um, yes, I like it. Yeah, well, you didn't like it enough because it failed to get kickstarted three times. But my favorite part, I thought it was, they did it two. It kickstarted twice. The second one, I guess what you're going to mention now, one of the things that happened during the campaign. Was it, uh, the news was alleged that Dayak diverted resources from X-Men Destiny to work on the demo for this? No, not that, no. What's the one you think of? During the second kickstarter, like, their chief game designer, whatever, like, a guy who'd been with Silicon Knights for ages uh, was arrested on charges of child pornography. Lots of child pornography. Yeah, that's probably a, you that's, don't want that in your Kickstarter. That is, that's definitely something that that will and justify uh, so a single Kickstarter. Yes, absolutely. don't put hey businesses don't put child pornography on your Kickstarters. Pro tips. Or you know employ those people. And now my personal favorite Kickstarter of all time from a man that I thought should have should have dominated Kickstarter should have been the Jesus of Kickstarter should have been. The Godfather of Kickstarter. Let's talk about Goddess. 
Add back goddess. I need to edit in some like flash bulbs like at a press conference. Do you know what my biggest regret is with goddess? What? Like at the time I was living and working in Guildford. Yeah. I lived right around the corner from the studio. They had to to finish off their Kickstarter campaign, a Christmas celebration. I could have gone there. I could have gotten shit faced with Peter Molyneux, but I was already traveling back to Germany for, for Christmas with the family. If they had done it one week earlier, I could have gotten shit faced with Peter Molyneux. You chose poorly. You yes. You could have had 22 cans to your name. Um, great. Yeah, I got us. It's like, do we want to even <laughs> you, like talk wait, about you it? You guys, you guys, tell me that you would not love to have a drink with Peter Molyneux and chat with that absolutely guy would. Evening. I absolutely, absolutely would. I also want to say that I I paid nothing for Goddess and got more than my amount of entertainment out of it from like, making absolutely. from making fun of you. No. Yeah, absolutely. You tried to give me a key and I turned you down. I remember, yeah, when we were when we were uh, had just recently met working at Crytek, I played the game at work and Richard sat next to me and just laughed his ass off. It was brutal. As I just clicked on huge purple, just no, <laughs> pink. It was like magenta. Magenta colored things <laughs> of influence, worship. Mm-hmm. I can't worship remember. and influence, yeah. There, yeah. It was I, mean, good... I am worshipful. I am like Princess Leia, a worshipfulness. I got a lot out of Godos because I could use it in several <laughs> presentations regarding uh, successful, not successful Kickstarter campaign, how to do or not to do uh, a Kickstarter campaign. So that was useful for me, Godos. Thank you, Peter. Thank, thank you, you, Peter. Um, also, you didn't get I, out of I it. I genuinely want to say thank you, Peter, for the you, games you made. You know who didn't get anything out of it was that kid who won Curiosity, What's in the Cube. True. So. That was kind of fucked. Yeah. That's and it. Sorry. Also, one of the, also what we got out of that was one of the most brutal video game interviews ever, probably. Yeah. How did, I think it was Rock, Paper, Shotgun. It's not yep. like the first question was like, what was like, would you say that you're a... Yeah, like a pathological liar? Yeah, would you yeah. say you're a pathological yep. liar? And you're like, okay. Yeah. But Molyneux handled it. He actually came out like kind of likable in that. Allegedly, he cried during that interview as well. He'd have to. He's pulling out all the stops. He also allegedly tried to plant an acorn into the carpet of the office that he was being interviewed in and promised them that it would grow into a tree in 10 years. He's made some great games. I, get, I, I hope everybody learned a little bit about crowdfunding and where we stand on crowdfunding. Sorry uh, sorry for going so long on you there, there uh, anybody who had a commitment. I would also like to say that there's been, however, some great games. As we said, like You're so, right. some I'm of sorry. the best, so just like uh-huh. from the stuff that I meant, that You're I backed right. myself. I, I, I said it too, too late. Uh, Shadowrun Returns, great game. Yeah. Uh, Pillars of Return is a great game. Project Goddess, fun game. Uh, Torment Get was that out of there. Unity Original Sin 1 to both games. Great games. Absolutely stellar, outstanding, brilliant games. I'll also give it to you that Shovel Knight is the best Mega Man game since 3. Satellite Rain, good tactics game. Yep. War Machine Tactics, decent game. FTL. And Kingdom Come Deliverance. Yeah. Good game if you're into that kind of combat. Shadowrun Hong Kong, fantastic. Um, uh, where's Where's Africa? I heard she's a fan of Undertale. Uh, Battle Chasers Night War, very good game. BattleTech, yeah. very good game. Super hot. Yeah. Uh, Battle uh, Battalion 9044, kickstarted, also fun shooter. So there's been some good stuff. Some like, good stuff. Some good stuff, and also you know there's even more stuff that I didn't play, like like Shovel Knight. So so it hasn't been all bad. No, no you're right. You're right, and and thank you for for ending that on a high note and not uh, Dayak and Molyneux double team, which I think is also the title of your Chuck Tingle like favorite book, right? <laughs> Marcel, take us out. Um, if you guys have more questions, again, thanks for for the question, Kev, who uh, who sent his question to Projectile Lunchcast yeah, at gmail.com. Maybe you could in the future send us a question that will quickly deteriorate, deter- like answering that could quickly deteriorate into discussions of. Peter Molyneux, um, financial misgivings, sexual harassment, like, it's, seriously, it's, it's a wild fucking industry. And, you know, maybe maybe it's not a coincidence that a lot of the more controversial people have recently turned to crowdfunding. Yeah, actually, I didn't think about that until you just mentioned it. Oh, yeah. You know, a lot of the people that were, like, you know, the big heroes of PC gaming in the 90s and maybe have fallen a little bit on harder times since have gone to crowdfunding. Just a small bit of house cleaning. Kevin in his email also suggested, when I when I said, if uh, if somebody writes in and tells me to play a game, I will play it. He said I should play Democracy. I've never played Democracy. I come from the home of Democracy, so how hard could it be? Um, but, I was actually uh, going to say, as an American, yeah, you guys really should try Democracy. No, we got time. it. It's going to be fine. I'll be a natural at it. So I'll, I'll, I'll try to play that over the uh, over the upcoming break. And I will report back. Okay, so yeah, uh, that was a reasonably fun episode, I think, to record. <laughs> Richard, any last words? What's your Twitter handle this week? Uh, you can find me at Mighty Number Fine. Uh, it's only Mighty Number Nine based cosplay. 
Uh, keep it safe, <laughs> but keep it sexy. Nice, yeah. dude. That was like, probably one of your best ones so far. Oh, I, will, I will check right now if that account is available. It's if def- not, I will grab it. <laughs> and I will put some stuff on there that's sexy. Oh, no. Basti, any last words and or misgivings about Richard's cosplay? So, yeah, if you want to talk to me, um, you can t- do so on at Bastian on Twitter. And if you remember our first episode of that uh, fine podcast... 25 episodes ago. There was a pretty neat idea for a pro- so probably very successful future Kickstarter or crowd- and or crowdfunding oh. campaign. And I'm just saying... That we will sue anyone who tries to fucking... We should calendar? first... No... Uh, sue anyone who tries that. Also, yeah. maybe uh, have a have a chat later on how we make that. Make a little Kickstarter campaign. Let's put it on Fig. Yeah, Let's do so, it. Tim uh, Schaefer will give you, us money. Thank you very much for joining us today in praise of our potential Lord and Savior, Peter Molyneux. Um, also, we will take this opportunity to announce that we are taking a short holiday break, right, gentlemen? Just a little one. Uh, two weeks? Yeah. So we will be back. Uh, is it the first? The second week. It's the second week of January. We'll do something around early January. We'll figure it out. We will be back in January. So in between, why don't you just you know once again download all your old episodes, listen to them again. Also, if need be, at gun and or knife point, encourage all your friends and family over the holiday breaks to watch. Sorry, to listen to this fine, fine podcast and to praise our Lord and Savior. We have we have an episode next week though. Say that. We have an episode next week. And then we're on break. Then it's two weeks. I thought. This is the week episode, and then we, then we take the break. Of course, we're going to be recording these in order. And no, we have an episode next week. Okay. Um, then we'll see what happens. Stay tuned to Marcel's Twitter or something. Stay tuned to Happy Marcel's holidays. Twitter, yes, which is come at <laughs> no. com underscore Raven. Thank you very much. Uh, I think we had an absolutely fun and great first year of trying our and a Happy New podcasting. Year. Yeah. Um, just go, maybe buy some Sam Lake and or Ubisoft games over the holiday break. Stay safe, stay healthy, eat good food, and uh, goodbye. Chicken chaser! We the old school. Yeah, old school. We the old school. Yeah, old school. Got me some roses and a little bling. I knocked on her door, she said, What you waiting for? I heard you was looking for a king. 